Hello there, and welcome back to What You May Have Missed. We are fast approaching the halfway point to this season, but there's still a lot of exciting, extravagant and exhilarating storytelling yet to come. For this week's episode, we are journeying back to somewhere we visited last series for another double bill. Africa. another double bill from this vast continent, and both stories from very different areas. These tales are quite unlike one another, and that's just one of the many beauties of folk tales from Africa. The variety and diversity of the stories, from places even in the same country such as Nigeria, is incredible. The first tale I'm going to tell you is from Zanzibar, off the east coast of Africa, and concerns a sultan, his three sons, and a peculiar magician. The second is from Nigeria, and although it is quite short, I found it to be a rather entertaining account of one of nature's most awesome powers. Enjoy! The Magician and the Sultan's Son Long ago there lived a sultan who had three young sons. The sultan loved his sons deeply, but there was a problem in that no one, not even their mother, could teach them anything. This caused great distress in the palace until, one day, a magician came and spoke to the sultan. Coming before the sultan, he said, If I take your boys, I can teach them the ways of a scholar and return them to you with the ability to read, write and do maths. What will you give me in return? Delighted at the prospect of his sons finally learning something other than that week's rule of play-fighting, the sultan answered, If you teach them, I shall give you half of all my properties. No, said the magician, that won't do. What about half of the towns I own? No, that won't do either, I'm afraid. Well then, what do you want? cried the sultan. What would it take for this magician to teach his sons everything they needed? The magician smiled. When I have made them scholars and bring them back to you, choose two of them and they shall remain with you. The third I shall keep for myself, as I want a companion of my own. Surely the sultan would not agree to such outrageous terms, I hear you say. Giving up one of his sons? How ludicrous! I accept your terms, said the sultan, clearly a very loving father. And so the magician took them away, and in a remarkably short time taught them to read, to make letters, know their times tables, and made them all around fairly decent scholars. He then took them back to their father. Here are your sons. They are now all three excellently equal scholars. Now the time has come for you to choose your preferred two, and I shall take the third with me. 
It took the Sultan and his wife a good long while to decide which of the sons to keep and which one to give away to the magician, but decide they eventually did. Their middle son, called Kijana, went off to live with the magician in his quite splendid house. Upon arrival at the house, the magician turned to Kijana and handed him a set of keys. When I say a set of keys, I'm not talking about a key ring with four or five keys dangling from it, but a ring large enough to wear around the neck and containing no less than seventy keys. Pretty heavy and a right nuisance should you be in a rush or carrying your shopping home. With these keys you can open whatever you wish in the house. Henceforth I am your father. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to pack as I am going away for a month or so. Explore the house to your heart's desire. After the magician had packed and set off on his journey, Kijana took the keys and went for an explore around the great house. He found several extravagantly decorated bathrooms and bedrooms, a beautiful sitting-room and a vast library filled with great tomes, some almost as big as he was. But then he found a room that was full of liquid gold. How peculiar! He then did something rather daft. Desperate to touch the gold, he stuck his finger right into it. It did not burn him, as it should have done, as those of you who know your Scottish history and have seen Game of Thrones will know, but it stuck to his finger, and no matter how hard he rubbed or wiped it, the gold would not come off, like a very stubborn bogey. Worried what the magician would say if he saw his finger, Kijana wrapped it in a rag, and when the magician returned, he said he had cut it. A short while later, the magician went travelling again, and Kijana continued his search of the house. It was at this stage of his searching that he found many things that distressed him. The first room he opened was filled with the bones of goats, the second with sheep's bones, the third with the bones of oxen, the fourth with the bones of donkeys, the fifth with those of horses, the sixth contained men's skulls. How disturbing. In the seventh room, however, was a live horse. Hey up, said the horse in surprise. Where did you come from, lad? This is my father's house, said Kijana, for some reason not at all surprised by the appearance of a talking horse. Oh, really? Some dad, I'll tell you. Do you know that he spends evenings eating people and donkeys and horses and oxen and goats and everything he can lay his hands on? You and I are the only living things left. Ever wondered why there was no one here despite all the fancy bedrooms? This worried Kijana, as he had indeed wondered the reason behind all the spare space with no one to fill it. Well, what shall we do? What's your name? said the horse. Kijana. Well, I'm Farasee. Now, Kijana, first things first, come and untie me. Kijana did as he was bid. Great, thanks. What you're going to do next is open the door of the room with the gold in it, because I'm going to drink it all. I'll then go and wait for you under the big tree down the road. When the magician comes home, he's going to say to you, let us go for firewood. You have to reply, I don't understand that work. He will then go off by himself. When he comes back, 
He's going to put a great big pot on the hook and will tell you to make a fire under it. Tell him you don't know how to make fire and he will make it himself. He's then going to bring a large quantity of butter and while it's getting hot he will put up a swing and say to you get up there and I'll swing you. But you're going to tell him you've never played that game before and ask him to swing first so that you can see how it's done. Then he will get up to show you. The moment he does you must push him into the big pot and then come to me as quickly as you can. Got it? Kijana found the key of the liquid gold room after several failed attempts. Pharisee drank deeply until all the gold was gone and then trotted away, out the house and down the lane. On his return, the magician invited many friends to his house to share a feast. He visited his new son in the bedroom. Come, he said, let us go and look for firewood. I don't understand that work, replied Kijana. OK, said the magician, and off he went to collect it on his own. When he came back, he called Kijana downstairs, saying, Light the fire. But Kijana responded, I don't know how to, I've never laid a fire before. And so the magician laid and lit it himself. There's a load of butter on the side over there. Put it all into this pot. All of that? I'm nowhere near strong enough to pick it all up. So the magician carried the butter and slopped it into the pot. In this country we have a game. It's fiercely competitive and I think you will be excellent at it. It's actually our national sport. Have you seen it? inquired the magician. No, I don't think so, replied Kijana. Well, I'll teach you it whilst the butter is heating up. He tied a swing up and said to Kijana, Climb up here and learn the game. You know from my lessons that I learn from watching you. You get up first and show me. I'll learn quicker that way. The magician climbed onto the swing, and just as he got started with his swinging, Kijana gave him a great push right into the big pot. The butter was, by now, boiling, and it not only killed the magician, but cooked him also. The moment the magician had splashed into the pot, Kijana ran for it. He raced as fast as he could to the tree and found Farasi waiting for him. Quick, onto my back, we need to be off. That night at the magician's house, the guests had started to arrive, but there was no sign of the magician. The guests were worried, and they searched the house for their host, but to no avail. After a while, they started to get rather hungry, and seeing that the stew in the great pot was finished cooking, they decided to start without the magician. Oh dear, if only they knew what they were eating. For reasons they did not know, the magician still did not appear, and so they all returned home, confused, but with full bellies. Kijana, meanwhile, had continued to race away from the magician's house and only stopped when they reached a large town. We shall stay here, build a house, make a living, said Kijana. So be it, said Farasi. Rather disgustingly, the horse threw up all the liquid gold he had downed, and with it, Kijana bought all the things he needed to build his house. Timber, stone, mortar, slaves and tools. The people of the nearby town saw this house, 
and when they realised the riches within its walls, they raced to tell their sultan. The sultan at once decided that this new arrival must be an exceptionally important person to be so wealthy. When he called on Kijana, he inquired who he was, where he came from, and how he had come by his wealth. Oh, I'm just another ordinary being like everyone around me. Are you a traveller? I have been, but no more. I like this place, and I think I'll settle down here. Have you had a walk through our town yet? Not yet, but I should very much like to. But I need someone to show me around. No worries. I will show you around, said the Sultan eagerly, for he was quite taken with the young man. After this, Kijana and the Sultan became great friends, and in not too short a time, the young man married the Sultan's daughter, and they had a son. They lived happily together in their beautiful house, along with their faithful horse, Farasi. The Story of Thunder and Lightning There was a time when thunder and lightning both lived on earth among us. However, the king ordered that they live away to the far end of the town, away from other people's houses, for reasons that will soon become obvious. Thunder was in the form of an old mother sheep, and her son, Lightning, took the shape of a ram. Ram was prone to fits of rage, and whenever these occurred, he would go on a rampage, burning houses, raising barns and uprooting trees. He even, occasionally, caused severe damage to farms and more than once accidentally killed people. When these terrible eruptions of anger took place, his mother was never too far behind, booming out in her thunderous voice for him to stop wreaking havoc, chaos and general unpleasantness. But, being a recalcitrant son, Ram refused to listen to his mother. What did he care if someone or something was hurt? and continuing his rampage, he burnt the entire forest down. And so it came to pass that the people of the town had had enough, as you or I probably would too, and they pleaded to the king that something be done to prevent the terrible damage inflicted by Ram. The king decreed that both the sheep, thunder, and the ram, lightning, depart and live far into the bush, where they could inflict no more pain on the people of the town. This decree, however, backfired. The ram, in such a fit of anger at being ordered away, exploded into such violence that not only he set fire to the land, but destroyed several of the town's farms, animals and farmers with it. This was too much to take for the townsfolk, and they appealed to the king again to take even more drastic measures. The king, therefore, banished both the sheep and ram from the face of the earth to live for eternity in the sky above, where they could cause no destruction to his people. Ever since that time, the lightning and thunder have lived in the heavens. When the ram is angry, he still has the power to cause great damage below, but his mother is not far behind him, admonishing his violent outbursts and ordering him to cease. Only great distance can prevent Thunder from scolding her son, for when they are far apart from one another, you may see the ram's anger and destructive powers, but his mother's booming voice is nowhere to be heard. 
Well, there we are. Two very different stories from Zanzibar and Nigeria. What did you make of them? There are so many more tales from Africa to be told, but they will have to wait for another day, I'm afraid. If you have any questions regarding not only the tales from this episode, but any of the past episodes or even stories that haven't been told, then you can ping me an email at themythspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter on at mythedpodcast or even on Instagram at what you may have mythed. Next week, we are once again making our way to another new country, the third of this series already. So I shall see you then for the next episode of What You May Have Missed.